joining us. Welcome to school. This is our first podcast, so we're so excited to be here. My name is Nia Ham. I am the host, and today I am joined by my lovely fiance, who is appearing as a guest today, um, as he will do occasionally in the future as well. Jason, yes, that's what hi. I've been told. <laughs> uh, yes, hi. My name is Jason. I am an attorney, I guess as uh, Nia said, and I am the, uh, I guess, what's the other side of better. I guess the worser half of Nia Ham. <laughs> That's not true. We complement each other. Um, so I'm a TV journalist. Um, I, I report for a television, local television news station. And Jason, what are you? Uh, well, uh, I'm an attorney. I guess I spend most of my time uh, trying to figure out ways to help people, especially in the Harlem and Bronx County areas when they've been um, taken advantage of in some type of way. So uh, so yeah, so it's been a lot of fun. I've been doing it for uh, a few years now, and uh, yeah, I guess there's uh, there's a lot more to do. So um, this was my idea. I wanted to start a podcast because uh, Jason and I, we are um, young adults, you know, trying to make it happen in our respective you know, professional <laughs> lives as well as our personal lives, um, and we've been engaged for almost a year now, and over the you know, time period, we realized that at least we thought we would have all of our stuff together. We thought, you know, we did everything the right way, at least according to society, um, and continue to do things, I think, the right way, um, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. But we, neither of us kind of have it figured out, right? And so we found ourselves, you know, what do we have, four degrees between us and still can't figure out, you know, life adulting, whatever that means. And we know we're not alone. We know a lot of our peers face similar challenges. And so as we prepare to enter into this union, you know, I thought it would be a good idea to seek advice uh, from experts who have perspectives that are relevant to young adults like ourselves on some of the most major challenges that people in our peer group face daily. Because, you know, when you get married, you want to you want to start off strong, right? You want to have a strong foundation. And I think in life in general, you kind of want to just feel <laughs> confident, right, about where you are. And I know personally, I felt for a while that I was kind of like doggy paddling, you know, through life, trying to stay above water um, before I even met Jason. And that never changed even after I met him, even though, you know, we have a, a great relationship. We still would like to feel a little more confident about, you know, our circumstances. And so we're turning to the experts to do that, um, to find out what we need to do to have as strong a foundation, as strong a start, you know, as possible, not only in our, you know, marriage <laughs> um, eventually, but, mm -hmm. you know, as individuals as well, because, we want to make sure we are individually sound and that we come to the table that way. Um, so that's why we're here. So um, VJ, Dr. VJ Singh is mm -hmm. with us. Um, you're a psychologist in, right. in, in Manhattan. Um, and you um, just explain a little bit about your practice. Sure. So I am a psychologist by training and I'm also a relationship expert. So I work with young adults, millennials, Generation X, um, and clients who are looking to kind of figure out who they are and what their relationships are like and how they can better those relationships are very similar to some of the things you're talking about. And it's it's a journey. It's a process. And, and so that's, that's where I kind of step in. And it's really cool to be able to do that. Yeah. And we've also got Nando Rodriguez. He's, what, a transformational coach? Coach, correct. Yes. So yeah. all Sounds things important. life. Yeah, right? <laughs> yeah can yeah. you explain what that is? Transformational? Definitely. So... The, the, the premise of a transformational coach is working inside the NLP uh, realm, which is neuro-linguistic programming. And it's the concept of your thoughts and your words uh, of affect your behavior. And that's why you're getting the results you're getting. Mm -hmm. So once we're able to change that programming, change the thoughts and the language that you're using to get you the results that you need. And so that's the realm that I work in. And the type of people that or my target audience is actually anyone 
and everyone who's trying to create a better life for themselves. Because what I find that is, does. yeah, because <laughs> what I find is like, I know that this podcast is going to be focused on like love and the ideal person, the ideal mate. But what I've discovered in my practice is how you are in one area is how you are in other areas, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And so if you're focusing on love and you're focusing, like there's something not working there, mm-hmm. I guarantee it's not working somewhere else. Yeah, mm-hmm. I can And agree. so that's my realm. So that's that's what I do. And I have fun with it. And that sounds like a pretty holistic approach yeah. to solving people's problems. Correct. And when you're saying language, are you talking about like, are the words that you say to other people or or is it the things that you kind of tell yourself individually Both. about like Both, but it starts with yourself. Yeah. But okay. it starts with it starts with yourself. And it's not as what's the word? It's not as like uh I wanna put a, a, a negative connotation to it, but it's not like a hippy dippy kind of like <laughs> you know, it's it's yeah. once you get into it, you're just like, Oh wow, like I had no idea that that was going on and it's connected to, you know, something that you've been telling yourself for a while. So mm-hmm. it's like let's let's dig. Yeah, and you guys should also plug the name of your practices um, so people know if they want to look you up. So how can people find you? Uh, So my website is www.nycfamilytherapy.com. And, you know, one of the things I was thinking about as as you were speaking was like how that foundation, that relationship with yourself is so important in terms of your relationship with other people. And so that's where the journey kind of starts is your relationship with yourself. Mm And your practice? So um, you can find me at nandawism.com and uh, just and in any platform, social media wise, with at nandawism. So Twitter, Snap, Chat, Instagram, I'm there. I'm sorry, I forgot to introduce your dog. Um, <laughs> I didn't know she was going to be the extra special guest of the podcast. <laughs> she but she's here. I'm trying to calm her down. She's a little excited around uh, beautiful people. So <laughs> she's obviously going a little bit nuts here. What's her name? She's. This is Leona. She, this is Leona the lion. Leona the mm. lion. And what kind of dog is she? She is a shih tzu. Shih tzu. Yes, hey. look at her. She's just so involved. She gave her some headphones. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of thoughts, language, um, behavior... This is, okay, so I know when I talked to you about the list, Jason, that I had before I met you, um, we we go back and forth about the idea of a list. When I, before I met Jason, I decided to write down a list of attributes, characteristics in, um, you know, somebody that I wanted to invest my time in. And to be fair, at that time, I was not thinking about a long-term relationship. I was just having so much difficulty dating. I just wanted to have a conversation with somebody. And I felt like I couldn't even do that. So so after I made none of the stuff on the list, and you just try to find someone you could talk to. Not true. You know? <laughs> Actually, it sounded, I haven't seen this in four years. Wow. So it sounded way more glamorous That's in my head. That's the actual list. It's a paper wow. towel. That's the actual yeah. list. A, That's pretty awesome. It's a paper towel. So I rummaged through my junk today, and I've I found this. this paper towel. He's never seen it. This is the first time he's seen <laughs> this I list. probably used it. So <laughs> I'll read it for our listeners. So the first one is kind. Um, also compassionate, they're both synonymous, intelligent, generous, loyal, down-to-earth, giving, successful, uh, ambitious, attractive, and romantic. And so, um, again, it's a piece of paper towel. In my mind, it was like, you know, a gold plate or something. It was so much more glamorous than it is. But I, you know, it's just amazing going back and looking at this. And I have to say... You know, Jason pretty much in my mind fits, you know, every single thing on this list. But I wanted to know from you both what you think about having a list or a guideline, because a lot of people have preferences when they're looking. And we should say, you know, today we're focusing on attracting, you know, your life partner. Right. So a lot of people have preferences when it comes to the kind of person they want to date. Mm-hmm. How important is it to have something like a list or a guideline? Do you think it helps the person or do you think it kind of makes things a little too rigid? I think it's helpful to kind of know what you're, when you, you know, when you're talking about a list, I'm actually thinking about values. Like what are the things that are important to me? What is my value system? And how can I kind of find that in someone else or at least something similar where we kind of think about things similarly or we want similar things? <laughs> Um, so I think like that, that knowledge and information and knowing what you want in someone else means knowing who you are. So I always go back to that, which is you have to have a s- strong sense of who you are and a strong sense of what you want. 
and um, and then kind of see like is that reasonable like you always have to kind of test it out because sometimes you can have these weird and wacky notions about what the other person should be like and not everyone kind of fits into that list neatly right mm-hmm. like there might be a little variances here and there but it's important to know what what is it that I want what is it that I'm looking for sure how about you, Nando? So I think it's important to have an idea of what you're looking for. Otherwise, when you bump into it, you recognize it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just, you just you just keep on walking, right? Mm-hmm. The, I think the problem, the pitfall that happens sometimes is that people get too crazy with their list, right? <laughs> and they create their deal breaker list. Right. And yes. on there's like, they got to be six foot four. They got to be a Harvard grad. They got to. <laughs> and so they start focusing more on like, um, attributes versus values right Mm -hmm. and your list like is like just all about values you know kind compassion you know there was a few in there you snuck in there like a track there's nothing wrong with that there's absolutely nothing there's absolutely nothing wrong with that but i think your list is on target and not to make other people wrong but you know uh i i think and i'm just going to use women for an example um a, a large part of women are seeking tall men for whatever reason like somewhere uh-huh. that got put I into them my fair share of short men so i don't <laughs> and, discriminate yeah and and i am not one of those though, <laughs> just to be fair <laughs> right so it's like there, there's only a certain percentage of men that meet that criteria so already you're cutting your mm-hmm. your chances down and then if you add other stuff so specific like oh, they gotta be harvard grad okay now you got tall now you got harvard grad and so but and then you wonder why relationships don't work out because it wasn't values, compassion, kindness, you know, family oriented, things like that. So, again, I call it, you know, people call it deal breaker list. I call it it's going to keep you single list. <laughs> so just just be cautious right. when you're creating them. But I, I personally created one myself. And the interesting part was my my partner at the time met maybe one or two. Mm. That was just it. Mm. But he blew me away in other areas. And fast forward to us eight years later, he meets all the criteria now, mm. which is successful. He, uh, he's he's uh, uh, in the creative realm, mm. but he wasn't when I first met him. So people got to keep that in mind. So your is list that people, was flexible. My li- mm-hmm. Actually, it, it, it wasn't because I kept passing people by, but there was just something about him mm. that was like, ah. This is what I he won me over with his compassion. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it that's what happened. Yeah, because because I always feel sometimes I mean can't this kind of backfire? Like I know there have been times that you know I did. So this people. is the interesting part. He claims he had no list. I don't have a list. I mean, my thinking, first of all, I mean, I just know there have been times, for example, I may have dated somebody. And, you know, especially when you have the first couple of days when you're getting to know somebody, you know, you could hear them asking certain questions and you can almost see them kind of checking off certain things. And, mm-hmm. you know, that that's great. You know, and I think this maybe goes to, you know, what you're saying, Anzo, is that, you know, it's great if somebody you know, has the same values or, you know, is looking for something in somebody um, and it takes some time to get there. But when it seems like somebody is kind of like, you know, vetting you almost like you're on an interview, you know, it it just kind of even if you are uh, even if you feel like you may be hitting the marks of what they're asking for, you know, it could be kind of a turnoff that you're not just looking for you as a person, you know, you're looking for somebody who, you know, checks off these things that are maybe on, you know, a piece of paper. So, I mean, I never thought about it. She was always saying things about uh, lists. You know, I've always said I've had a list. I mean, I've certainly started to realize that, you know, the people maybe I've had longer term relationships with that, uh, you know, there's certain, you know, trends that I start to realize, you know, maybe I didn't notice in the beginning, but after a few years, you start to see that. So you did have a list. So whether, so I think whether you have like a physical checklist yeah. or you have a mental kind of sense of like these are the people that I find attractive, whether it's someone who's kind, who's generous, someone who's loyal, someone who's compassionate, someone who's willing to kind of put themselves out there. Mm-hmm. And this is what relationships teach us. When we go through relationships, we kind of we kind of get a sense of, OK, this is what I like. And this is what I didn't like. And so this is what I'm looking for more of. And this is what I want less of. Mm-hmm. So I think that, you know. Either way, whether you have a a list in mind, as long as you have a sense of what are the things that are important to you, I think you're on the right track. Mm -hmm. And And, I'm sorry. And as far as like not having a list, like think about it in in your dating capacity back in Mm -hmm. the day. Right. right, Obviously, there was people and this happens male, female, you know, that are just you meet them and they're just like 
a, a hot mess, whatever that is. So you know in your mind, like when the person shows up and they're not, ah, okay, that takes me to fate, you know, to level two with this person, right? It's like playing a video game, right? You go level one, level two, and you know when you meet that hot mess for the first, you know, for the first date, there might not be a second date, you know? But when you meet, you know, you go on a different date with somebody else and the hot messness isn't there, okay. We can probably go to date two, but then something presents itself in date two and you're like, oh, yep, not going to happen to date three, you know? And so that is maybe it wasn't a physical list, but you have like an idea of what you call it trends, but it, it's it's you have an idea of like what what gels with you, mm-hmm. what what's going to work in your life. Yeah. How you want that to show up. Yeah. Sure. You know? Yeah. 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 And it's funny you mentioned values because I think how I got to my list um, was you know, I was in a terrible relationship and I was on the phone crying to my mother. And she's like, Nia, you need to be dating people who share your values. And it was just like a big light bulb, you know, as cliche as that sounds. And I realized nobody <laughs> I dated seriously, you know, ever shared my values. Um, and so Jason is actually like the first person I've ever dated that actually shared. But see, the problem was I didn't know what my values were. Mm-hmm. Right. I didn't actually and I was you know, a little younger, but I didn't take the time to understand what those values were. So I kind of just took a year off from dating to figure that out before I got back in the game <laughs> and mm-hmm. then eventually met Jason. But something I wanted to ask you both, because um, we are talking about young adults. Right. And I know that a lot of the um the things that we go through are not unusual to, you know, our parents' generations, but we do face some challenges that they didn't experience because of a couple of things, or rather a host of factors. And just a couple, you know, include, you know, the tech revolution, you've got the the recession um, of 2008, um, you know, and then the, the economic fallout from that as well and and a bunch of other you know socioeconomic factors that really do play a part so I wanted to ask you what kind of obstacles do some of your clients who are you know young adults encounter when they're I guess trying to date trying to have a long-term relationship um, that you see kind of like across the board that kind of are common among young adults today Um, So one of the things that I tend to see very commonly is the sense of, um, I don't know if entitlement is the right word, but this expectation that things are naturally going to progress one after the other. Like, so this is the generation which has kind of gone through school and, you know, there's, it's been for the most part smooth sailing and then what comes next? It's like, okay, so I am going to go to college and then, you know, for some it's a smooth sailing there and then what comes next? It's a job. So in in somewhere there's like this built-in expectation that one after the other things are going to start falling into place and for some they don't and they kind of and that teaches them something different but for a lot of us we've kind of smooth sailed through some of these experiences and so when it comes to relationships it's like why why can I not find that person? Like, it's almost as if it's um, um, it's it's something that I expect to happen, so it, I deserve to have it happen, and why is it not happening? So then there's frustration about that process. So that's one thing that I see commonly. And then the other thing that I, I see uh, frequently as well is um, difficulty with frustration tolerance. So difficulties <laughs> with um, kind of, you know, other people are bound to disappoint us. I mean, that's what relationships are about. Like, people are inherently disappointing. <laughs> and But we kind of don't take that into the mix of things. And we kind of have the, we want to have these great, fantastic, you know. Perfect. Blow, yeah, blow my mind out kind of uh, relationship. And it doesn't always happen that way. And we have to kind of be willing to kind of step back and, and see, okay, things are sticky. And that's what life is about. And we have to figure it out and see if this is something we want to work out or not. Uh, but that's something that I see a lot as well, this inability to kind of work through and kind of want an easy fix, an easy out. Like, I, I want this to change, and I want it to change quick, and I want the other person to change, and I want them to change quick. Like, it's either they have to change, or, or I'm out of here. Or So kind of working with um, this age group means kind of, you know, building in some realistic expectations of what relationships are like, as well as a healthy sense of expectations from themselves and other people. Mm. Wow, that's a mouthful. <laughs> Nando, how about you? So what I like, what 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 I see, and what I've been and what I've been tracking is the Yelp generation. Is oh. what I like to call it. 
right? Wow. So you go to a restaurant and you order something and it's not to your satisfaction. What's the first thing you do? You don't even complain to the manager. You go to Yelp and you write a bad review, oh, right? Geez. Does that and mean then, there's some stars about me out there? You um, know, on some, uh, you know there, there, was, there, was, there was a platform that was coming up and I think it, it might still exist where you can rate People your boyfriend. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. And, 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 and can you imagine just no. like, uh, <laughs> you imagine just the chaos surrounding it? But right. my point is, and, and to your point, which is, you know, the frustration, we don't know how to deal with it. It's just like, you know, we're out of control. And I attribute like a lot of this, it's just entered our way of being, which is the reality show aspect of things, right? right. So it's like everything is a competition. Everyone's trying to win. Everyone's trying to be the best. And, you know, you're flipping tables and you're yeah. backstabbing friends to get where you want. You're writing bad reviews. And it's just like in a relationship, it just doesn't work that way. Or if it does work that way for you, then you're going to be single for a very long time. Because an, an, another aspect of the Yelp generation and the reality show generation is no one's taking responsibility for their part either. It's always, you're not meeting my needs. You're not making me happy. I was walking down the street two weeks ago and I literally heard somebody on the phone. I don't care about what you think. You're not meeting my needs. This was right in front of H&M. And I'm wow. like, you know girl, calm down. Right. Like, let's talk about this, you know? Yeah. And, and, and that's, take my card. <laughs> and that's like, that's at the forefront of everything. You're responsible for making me happy. How much do you think social media plays a part in what you just said? So I'm huge on social media and I love social media. And in fact, one of my cousins just took like a month off and I'm like, why are you taking a month off? Like, how are you using this? And people, people will go through detoxes. Right. And I think it's just the way you use it. Like I've been on social media since 2007. And I think it was the time when like Twitter, people were just trying to figure out what like Twitter was. Right. Popeyes was using it to do customer service. <laughs> and then people with JetBlue came on. And I only had like, you know, three followers, like for the longest time. When I remember I threw a little mini party when I hit like 50 followers, you know, <laughs> now I'm at 10,000, but it's, it's like, you are somebody I, in the realm of social, absolutely not, you know, in the realm of like all these reality stars that they're in the millions. But what I like to say is, you know, maybe because I grew up with it and I saw like how for me, I used it to then, you know, I might've introduced myself to somebody um, and then I wanted to meet them in real life. And it's all about that connection after all that in real life connection. Mm -hmm. And so social media, depending on how you use it can actually like pull you away and create that distance. And mm -hmm. I never used it that way. Yeah. I always used mm -hmm. it to like bridge gaps. Yeah. They so, say, they say social media can just ruin relationships. Yeah. And do you see that among your clients? Definitely. I think that it kind of perpetuates this emotional avoidance that we mm. tend to have. Mm. Um, and I think like, so, you know, from the get go, it's hard to kind of deal with things, you know, have a sense of who you are emotionally as a person, want to meet the other person's needs emotionally. And I think that it's a nice distraction. It's a way of kind of getting away, having this alternate reality of, you know, all of these, I don't know, friends, followers, and everything else that's happening in a way that doesn't allow for in-person connection. Like, mm -hmm. you know, some of my couples, like when they come in, it's like they're both sitting on the couch and they both have their phones out and they're both on their phones. And I was like, guys, During this is your... session? Before, even before session. Oh, wow. And so in session, obviously, they're having a conversation, but I'm also watching them before session because I want to see, like, that's the how they're interacting. Mm -hmm. that, yeah, that's the dynamic of the interaction in the real world. And they're sitting on... I was like, come on, this is your two minutes of, like, being together. Like, you know, have a little chit-chat. <laughs> Like, talk about mm -hmm. what you did during the day. You got to check Facebook. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And what I find when, when you already are in a relationship and things aren't going well, mm -hmm. what what exacerbates the, the problem is that you're presenting a fakeness on social. You could just be in the middle of the worst fight, but if it's in front of like something so cool, mm -hmm. you will stop and pose and take that photo, yeah. post it, hashtag true love, and then get back to the fighting. Right, mm -hmm. right. Because it's got to be perfect on social. Yeah, everybody's and what happens, a rock star. And what happens is that you're being so inauthentic mm -hmm. that when you're in your arguing, it's like it's like a split personality because on mm -hmm. social, you got to keep up the front. Right. Mm -hmm. you, you can't show you can't show that on social. Right. You know, and so it just adds to the chaos. And it's, again, coming down to what's your responsibility. And that's what I love when, the, when my clients like the light bulb goes off. Like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I, one of my clients got into a situation. His wife is pregnant. 
and um, they were moving. And of course, she's like, she's ready to to have the baby any any minute now. Like I should get a text. And he had to move the last of the boxes, and he was upset because <laughs> you know she didn't help at all. Oh and in, and in her mind, she helped. You know, maybe she helped like put some things away, whatever. Right. And so for a four hour plane ride, they didn't speak to each other. Oh my gosh. You know, and today we we actually had a session today, and when he realized, like, oh. I mean, you could just see, you could just hear in him, like, I got to get off the phone. I got to go apologize to my wife. Like, right. I got to go do whatever it is that she wants and everything. And yeah. it's like, when you start taking responsibility for how your relationship is going, it changes everything. And speaking, oh, go ahead. Oh, yeah. So, uh, okay. So that all uh, makes a lot of sense. I mean, but I guess kind of pushing back you know, a little bit like my, my thing first is that I think social media is here to stay, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone is going to have a social media profile one way or another, and it's just going to become more intertwined with how folks live their lives, right? Uh, but the thing is, at least, I don't know, maybe I'm looking at it from just my point of view, but uh, let's say I'm having a bad day. I'm not necessarily going to go out there and post it to everyone, mm-hmm. but if I'm having a good day or I just took, uh, I don't know, um, like I, I just uh, saw, you know, like my you know, one of my heroes or like, a, you know, or I'm at a basketball game or something like that. I'm going to post that. So I, I guess what I'm saying is how can you, you know, balance balance, balance that? Because, no, because I mean, it's just uh, to me, like, there's never going to be a point where I'm just going to be like, when let we, me tell the world about how I'm having. And so and yeah. when we first started dating, that was like a point of contention between us because he didn't want to post anything. And I thought he was trying to hide me from the world. And, <laughs> and then I was like, well, then this will not work, you know. And, it, and looking back, it's really stupid, you right. know. So what I'm saying is being authentic, mm-hmm. right? So when you're in the heat of a moment in an argument or you're in a fight, but yet you still got to do that selfie, no, right. no, no, one want, no one wants to do that selfie, but you got to post it because your friend you told your friends that you were going out to, you know, whatever hot spot you were at. So they want to see it. Mm-hmm. They want to see you snapping with your boyfriend. Right. So even though you could be in a, in a straight up argument with them, you still inauthentically post hashtag fabulous relationship mm-hmm. or whatever. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, got it. And it's when you're posting that duality, when that duality is happening, something's got to crack. Right. Something's got to crack. No. And in fact, what you're saying, I agree with. If you're having bad days, that's what your in life person people are for. Your friends, (laughs) you know, your circle. Not social media. You know, (laughs) call them up and, you know, yo, I'm having, you know, whatever. But, you know, it's it's on social. You know, we, we do want to see some authenticity in you. So like if you bump into so and so or whatever, I just posted some and it's like social media rule breaking 101. Right. Mm-hmm. I just posted right before this, this uh, right before we came in here, I posted a white hot chocolate that I was having. <sighs> and it was under the it was under the premise of I'm treating myself. Uh, I was asked to do a podcast it's coming out. This is my treat before I go on air. Right. Mm-hmm. How are you treating yourself? Mm-hmm. And that's how, Self-care. you know, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Hashtag, you know, take care of yourself. Treat yourself. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm talking about. OK. Not, you know, posting that that inauthenticity on social. Mm -hmm. So I just want to move on to another topic that is another point of contention for a lot of people, finances. Um, So when, you know, one is looking for potential prospects to either co-mingle with or have a long-term relationship with, I know for myself and a lot of my peers and a lot of my friends, because of the Great Recession, it kind of threw off a lot for us. Obviously, the cost of education, that's, you know, kind of isolated. And then you add the recession on top of that, and it just exacerbated everything, the rising cost of education, and then, you know, the shrinking job market in many industries, right? So while our parents probably graduated college and, you know, were like, I'm, you know, an adult, I can live independently, I can, you know, eat out every day or whatever, maybe some of them, you know, not all of us were feeling that way, at least when I graduated from college. And so when you're looking for a potential partner, how important is it to weigh their financial stability into that decision? Uh, You want want to go first? Because I have a total different (laughs) aspect of everything. Sure. Um, The way I see it is, um, you know, it's again, I'll go back to something I've been saying a lot, which is uh, where am I? 
And how, where am I in terms of my employment status? Where am I in terms of meeting my goals? Am I am I on the right track? And then if I feel like I am kind of moving along in the right track, I obviously want to find someone who's kind of moving along in the same direction as me, right? So I think that if we can kind of uh, be a little flexible, because not everybody meets their goals or not everyone's moving along, you know, the same pace as us. Mm -hmm. If we can kind of sometimes be flexible about the idea that this person has potential mm -hmm. and they have the ability to kind of get where they need to, maybe they're not just there yet, mm -hmm. uh, but being patient with them and kind of seeing where it goes is, I think, um, you know, is the way that I would approach it as opposed to I'm here and the other person needs to be right here with me making, you know, this much, this much money or or be graduating from this, this school. I think, again, going back to that idea, the more tight and rigid we get about what we want, uh, the harder it is for us to really focus on the things that are important. Mm. Wow. So I was as broke as can be <laughs> when I met my husband. Mm. And he was broke as can be, right? <laughs> so I, my philosophy on that is, what is the goal of your relationship to begin with, right? What is the goal? And I think when you get a job, you see uh, a career path. And when you, and there's other things, right? When you're, playing, when you're playing sports, you have a goal, right? To win. Well, what's it, what does winning look like for mm -hmm. a relationship? Right. And there's all these different aspects and there's a financial part, there's an emotional part, there's a sexual part and there's all these parts. But none of us seem to see that we just we just lump everything up into one. It's relationship. And is it working? Well, there's different aspects of it. Right. And so for me, I know that, like I said, he didn't meet my criteria whatsoever, <laughs> but it was the compassion and the kindness that won me over. And it got me to slow down. What is a really what am I trying to build here? Like, what am I trying to build him up against? You know, and what is he, what could he possibly be building me up against? So I say all of this and, you know, if your goal, if the two of you together, the goal is to get a million dollar mansion, mm. then I see it. OK, so what are we going to do to make that happen? You know, and but the, if the goal is just to pay the rent and to have, you know, a couple of vacations throughout the year, then let's make that happen. But what I find is couples don't even have those conversations no. whatsoever. No. You date and you go maybe years without even talking about, you know, hey, credit scores, credit scores yeah. or, you know, what 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 does your financial you know outlook look like or what your financial goals are you know like it's you it's not it's something that we don't bring to the table why is that and i think it's because we're so personal with it you know i think as americans we're just so personal with it we don't ask anybody well how much do you make that's like insulting right like if somebody Especially were to ask you a lot. <laughs> if somebody were to ask you you're just like that's none of your business right, right? like yeah. that is one thing that we keep so like tight to our vest and in a relationship it shouldn't be that way mm -hmm. you know after you get to a point where like okay this is this we're in it together then let's bring this all out same thing with like parenting but what about in the beginning what like like because what i'm hearing from you dr singh is that you need to be patient and flexible and what i'm hearing from you nando is that you need to be open and honest and in the beginning i mean isn't it kind of inappropriate to be like so, what's your annual salary? You know, if it's the third date, right? Like, right. That's too mm -hmm. soon, yeah. I think. Yeah. I think what I mean is don't go beyond your, your means, right? Because if you're trying to impress someone and you're maxing out the credit cards, then that's only going to lead to resentment a little bit, like maybe by date five or by date seven. Because and then also what you've done is you've set... You set the stage. Oh, this is the level of dating I'm getting with this person, you know. And then all of a sudden, you go to Burger King, right? And it's like, <laughs> wait a minute, what is happening here? And you know, and it's like a bait and switch kind of situation. Right. So I think there's always a way of, you know of being that. authentic. It's actually really funny. Yeah, I, I, I think I mean, there's. I don't know. I just look at it when I've talked to some of my uh, friends as well. I mean, if you're going on going on that first date, you know. You want to make sure that you go somewhere that's uh, really nice, that's going to impress the person. Now, you get that one. You know, after that, it may go back to what's, you know, typically there. But I think in the beginning, uh, at least I'm looking at, you know, maybe from my perspective or, or folks that I've known, is that, you know, you kind of want to at least set the stage so you could at least see how things work out. And then after that, it may go back to what's maybe a little bit more typical, you know, in the future. 
Is that yeah. what happened with you guys? So actually, <laughs> no, I, we, we've never been to Burger King. So <laughs> I, I personally can't even eat the food. But um, we've been to other places, you know. And in, in the beginning, you know, for our first date, he took me to this amazing speakeasy downtown. And it was awesome. Um, and I guess the next couple of dates, he did try to impress. And then after a while, we both got comfortable. And we didn't, we just really enjoyed each other's time so much right, yeah. we didn't really we prefer actually not going out we're very like boring in that kind of you know sense so um i guess it really depends on who you're dating because i mean i'm glad he did those things in the beginning because it showed that he cared mm-hmm. but he sir it wasn't like a lifestyle sort of that he had to keep up with in order right. to keep me yeah and to be fair i mean i don't think i ever you know stated anything to say that, you know, I have all this lavish stuff that we'd be no, going out. It was out very and so, clear. And, and she knew that, yeah, from the very, <laughs> yeah. very beginning. <laughs> but from the first date, you just said it. What What do you remember from your first date? Um, I remember the ambiance. I just remember having a great time. And, like, you know, it was awesome. Yeah. And, and actually, I mean, from what I remember about it is, I mean, I felt like we had, like, three dates. And then I, because we went there, right? And we see, had a good and time. That's, and right. that's where it's at. That's mm-hmm. where it's at. Because you could have had it. You know, at the most fabulous, you know, uh, uh, chicest, you yeah. know, fanciest place. But if you guys hadn't had that chemistry, right? You know, right? Exactly. Yeah. It 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 just yeah. Because I mean, I think the time I thought uh, you know I really started to care about Nia that night is just after we had gotten to whatever the third place was. I mean, it was just some you know small like Mexican restaurant that you know we just started to walk around. And it was like one of the only places that was still serving or yep. still around. And that you know, was we probably having... date number two. You're thinking of. I think oh. you just blended them all together. But well, that could I be get too. it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but no, it's true. It's true because um, I do remember that Mexican restaurant and Bauhaus um, downtown. Oh, so Bauhaus, yeah, crazy. Um, but yeah, so exactly. Um, I think it really does depend on the person and the chemistry. But see, and... because you were, fo- I'm sorry, okay. but because you were focused on compassion, kindness, right. your list then that's what was standing out. Right. Right? Yeah. Because never once on there did it say, you know, fanciness. Yeah, I've been wined and dined by jerks, right? Like, so, yeah. (laughs) I think it's it's being able to get those little glimpses of people. So it's like, okay, you went on this really nice date, and then, like, can you, like, as you walk out and you're walking to the subway or I don't know what, you know, stop by at Pinkberry. Like, are you that kind of person that, you know, you'll stop by and go to the local coffee shop with me? Or are you, are we just, is this going to be just a, because we're dating and it's great and everything is wonderful that we have this idealistic image of how we're going to be together. So I think a lot of who um, we see the other person is also by those small experiences that we have of them. Like, did this guy hold the door for me as I walked out? Or right. did when someone, when so-and-so's child fell on the street, was, did he try and like respond to that? So I think we it's 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 about collecting information. Like dating to me is about collecting information. You're collecting information about the other person. Don't make your choice right on I mean, unless it was a really terrible date. Like don't make your choice on date one about this is not the person for me. Like give the other person an opportunity, be authentic, allow the other person to be authentic as well. Because sometimes we can hold people to high expectations and they feel the need to conform to those expectations. So kind of Allowing the other person to be like, you know what, it's cool. Like, we don't have to go to X, Y, and Z fancy restaurant. Let's just go to the movies. Let's, right. you know, or do something else. Right, right. I'll just say this one thing, and I'll let everybody just kind of, like, soak it in. <laughs> right before right before Trump decided to announce, uh, Melania gave uh, a speech at NYU. And somebody stood up in the audience in Q&A time and asked her straight up, would you have married Trump if he wasn't rich? Hmm. And her response was, you think he would have married me if I wasn't beautiful? Wow. So that right there tells you the values of that relationship. I was going to say, they share the same values, it seems. so. Right. So what's going to happen? What what, what happens if he ever loses it? Mm. What happens if she loses it? Right. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? And so that's where you got to be clear on what is this relationship going to be built on? Is it stuff that if we lose it? You know, it's so funny you say that because a couple of weeks ago, um, I had a birthday several weeks ago. Happy birthday. Thank you. (laughs) It was in December. But um, 
I, you know, so, wow, a couple months ago. <laughs> in my mind, I'm just, like, the same age. Last year, I actually forgot how old I was, and he had to remind me on my birthday. Anyway. Sorry. Um, <laughs> so, She's so sad. I, I, ever since I was a child, I would cry on my birthdays. I would get really sad because it brought the idea of death closer. And I guess I had some sort of traumatic experience as a child where I associated death with getting older and birthdays. I used to cry at my birthday parties when I was a child. So, um, you know, again, another birthday, and I'm like, huh. And I said to him jokingly, you know, I'm getting older, you know, soon we're going to be, well, not soon, but we have a little while, but eventually, you know, we'll be middle-aged. And I said, you know, what about when I'm like 40 or older? And he said, I'll love you even more. And I'm like, why? You know, because it, I don't know, it's it sounds so warped. And, and sad, but it didn't occur to me that somebody could love somebody more when they got older and lost maybe some of those youthful attributes that attracted to them, mm. them to each other in the first place. Mm. And he said, because we'll have that many more years together. And, I'm, and it took me a while to process that. And I'm not a shallow person at all, but it just, I never thought about the idea that love grows, you know, with time kind of thing because the images that we see of marriage and divorce all the time that are always in our faces that's not the messages that we're getting mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. um but anyway i want to i want to ask because we're getting close to the end and i can't believe how fast it went but one one thing i i wanted to ask and i think is also really important is how important is it to consider both your career and the trajectory of your career as well as a potential partner's career when you're deciding to be in a long-term relationship with somebody. And by that, I mean the, the challenges that come with that, also maybe the status, you know, that comes with that as well, and just the stability that may, that may come with it. Go for it. Yeah, okay, that one's, that one's a little bit more. So for me it just comes back down to what is the goal of the relationship right because people can people can get fired people lose jobs people you know transition people find out up oh, this is not what i want to do anyway so that job that you were so impressed about out the window right so it really comes down to you know what are those core values but i get what you're saying because you don't want to you you don't want to be in a situation where you know all of a sudden uh the person loses their job and then now the, the relationship is being is being strained because of the fact that now you're the main breadwinner or what have you. But again, if the other person has, which I think you wrote down on your list, ambition mm -hmm. and and that kind of value, then they won't be down for long. Mm -hmm. So it's really then a testament to you, right? Like you need to make me happy. You need to have a job. You need to make this much. Well, now it's your turn to kind of like, you know, all right. And, and um to kind of like man the ship mm. until yeah. the, your person gets back up again. And that's what the relationship is about. It's about that yin and the yang, mm -hmm. right? And it's that, it's that ebb and flow between the two of you. Mm. How about you, Dr. Singh? Uh, the way I see it is that um, if, you know, if this is a relationship that you kind of feel strongly about, if this is, if you feel like you've met someone that, you know, you truly want to spend the rest of your life with, and then you're kind of contemplating like career goals and, and where the other person is going. I mean, for me personally, I see it as like compromising. I think in any relationship, you have to be able to kind of compromise. And what that means is, okay, you're going to school and I'm the one supporting us or like supporting whether it's a marriage or whether it's a relationship, you guys are living in together. And then maybe the other person gets an opportunity to kind of pursue their goals and dreams while I kind of. So it has to be a little bit of a back and forth. Mm. It's impossible in my mind to kind of be on your own trajectory your own track and then try and meet somewhere in between it's really hard to do that right it's it's i think a better way to do it is to kind of say okay we're gonna do this together and sometimes we might come together and sometimes one person might have to go somewhere else and as long as you can make it work I think that's fine. And then again, keeping in mind uh, what's important to you, because sometimes we have to kind of sacrifice some things in order to hold on to some something else. We can't always have everything, right? So I might choose to not move to LA and join a great practice and be in New York with my husband because that's really important to me. Whereas if I was maybe in a relationship that I didn't really care about that much, I might be able to say, you know what, see ya, I'm going to go do this thing and then, you know, we'll see where things go. So mm -hmm. it really depends on where you are, how you feel about the other person, 
how you feel about your career and your dreams and, and kind of trying to find a balance. Mm. And, mm. and that to me is, is what I call the chatter. Yeah. What is the chatter telling you? What, what is that inner dialogue telling you? Because when you say things like, well, what, what, what kind of job should this person be having that I'm dating? Or what kind of, um, uh, what, what income level should they be in? That's chatter. Mm. Because that's the stuff that somehow you got it into your head. Just like, you know, and I'm just going to use you for an example. You know, birthdays means closer to death. Right? That doesn't mean that for me. Right. That might not mean that for you, but it means that for you. Right. So you have to realize that for you, you've created uh, this person has to have this amount of income or what have you. And then just be aware that those are limiting beliefs. Right. You know? So, I mean, once once you get free of that, imagine, you know, the way the way that you can be, the way that you can love with whoever, when and how much your life will open up. Yeah. 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 And it, and it comes down to the chatter. It comes down to the chatter that we and we all have it. We all have it on on every single topic, you know? Yeah, it's so true. And it brings me back to, I guess, you know, the idea that so much of who we are is shaped by our childhood and and the experiences we that we had as a child for example my idea of birthdays you know Uh um but also how we approach relationships has a lot to do i think with our how how we're raised and and the examples of relationships that we see growing up jason has like the partridge family kind of family um from the outside at least (laughs) um i have the opposite (laughs) from the outside but um and so that really did influence a a lot of you know my perception and and how i approached relationships and you know why would somebody love me when i'm older kind of thing and it took a lot of self self work really to get to a point and i guess you know that's what helped me get to this point was i really took a lot of time to work on myself before I met this guy. What you have to realize, too, is what I'm seeing is had had Jason not been in your life and someone else said that to you, you might not have the same reaction. So it's yeah. actually him and yeah. his way of being that allowed you access to that. Because I believe him. Yeah. <laughs> right. Somebody exactly. else, I might think they're lying. Exactly. So, I mean, there's there's something there in his way of being that is giving you access to that. And that's huge because if you held on to that thought birthdays means older means da 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 you that's a breakthrough right there mm-hmm. that's a yeah. major breakthrough yeah <laughs> that's i don't huge. feel so bad about getting older <laughs> <laughs> right but then is there a, is there any acknowledgement for him in that mm-hmm. like with you i was able to create this so i thank you i thank you for giving me access to that mm-hmm. because without you i wouldn't have been able to and that's a part of the relationship also we fail to acknowledge our partner right thank you jason <laughs> <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> so the yeah. ability to kind of be able to be emotionally vulnerable right so mm-hmm. the relationship that you both have and and the dynamic that you both share allows you to be emotionally vulnerable mm-hmm. which might be very hard for someone if they've had experiences in their life where it felt easy to be closed up and bottled up and not show other people your true emotions and feelings and your true self for fear of being rejected or abandoned or hurt so and then going back to that idea of our history, right? Our history has so much to do with how we get shaped and the way we see other people. Do we trust other people? Do we not? Can other can other will other people let us down? Will they trample mm-hmm. on us? Will right. they will they support us? Will they So all of those things are shaped by our family, our relationships, our experiences and um and you know how our parents model their relationship to us. Right. You guys, this was such a great conversation. I am so happy. Um, and I'm also sad that we're coming to the end because I feel like we could go on forever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but people won't listen that long. So um, thank you so much. Um, do you have any closing ideas or thoughts that you want to share that maybe we didn't get across earlier? Either one of you. So I just wanted I, I, I want to make clear that, you know, the topic is how to how to find your ideal partner. And for me, it's a three it's a three way process. Right. And the first one is calming the chatter and the chatter that deals with your deal breaker list that deals with they have to be, you know, a graduate from X, Y, Z school. They have to make this much. So calm the chatter. Don't don't quiet it down because it's never going to quiet down. Just put it to the side and date anyway. 
Mm. Right. The second thing I would say is set the stage. So when you're going on these dates, whether it's at the fancy restaurants or if it's just a, a stroll through Brooklyn Heights, set the stage. What kind of date do you want to have? Do you want to have a fun date? Then what's your part in that? Then you got to bring the fun. If you want to have uh, an exciting date, then you got to bring the excitement. Right. And again, that's part of the ownership in dating that we don't often do. We expect the other person because you hear about it. How was your date? Ugh, he was horrible or she was wacko. OK, well, what did you bring to it? So. Right. Mm -hmm. And the third thing is it's a process. That's it. Mm -hmm. It's a process. Right. No one wakes up in the morning excited to go take a shower. But right. it's part of the process. Right. So dating is part of the process to finding that relationship. And so once you get once you get OK with it's 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 a process, then it'll start flowing a little bit better. Well said. <laughs> and just to kind of add to that, because I thought those are some excellent points. I think that um, kind of you know going thinking about you know doing your own self work and being aware of who you are, how you move around, being aware of your uh, vulnerabilities and your inadequacies, and being aware of them. So that we're not always kind of projecting those on other people and expecting other people to kind of meet them for us. So I think being aware of yourself and knowing who you are and then being compassionate with other people, mm -hmm. I think, can go a long way in terms of building good relationships. And and I wouldn't say, um, you know, I'm a little wary of kind of like your ideal mate because I feel like there are so many mates out there and mm. all, many can be ideal for you in different ways. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. So, you know, kind of be open to the idea of what ideal means to you about that list. Right. And be willing to change it and make tweaks as you go along. Thank you guys so much. Um, we just got schooled. Yeah, we definitely <laughs> got schooled today in this episode of Schooled. And thank you all for listening. Make sure you tune in or catch us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Um, and follow us on Twitter. We are um, Schooled Podcast on Twitter, at Schooled Podcast. And we're also at Schooled Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook. So um, until next time.